Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to the program. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. And today we're going to end with a really encouraging look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and find out you can overcome any attack or any impasse the devil ever tries to put in front of you. You're chosen by God, and that's always a threat to the enemy. So he tries to stop people that are chosen. But you're going to find out today, you have in you all the spiritual goods you need to push the enemy out of the way. It's going to be great today. But I want to remind you that right now we're offering you my brand new book called Christmas, the rest of the story. Please order your copy or maybe order several. When you get it and you see it, you're going to understand why I'm so excited about you getting this book. It is fully illustrated, full color. Every single page in the book and every page is loaded with insights about the Christmas story that I believe you've never heard before. Look at this. The holiday season always brings about fond memories and cherished traditions. For many, one of those cherished traditions is the reading of the Christmas story. In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, your family can uncover the beautiful details of the nativity story you have never heard. When I was growing up, I heard the same Christmas story year after year, and I loved it. When I got older, I found treasures in the Christmas story that no one had shared with me. That's what is in this book, and I wrote it to share with you and for you to share with those whom you love. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across decorated pages in a coffee table-sized format. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Christmas is a special time when you can pass your faith on to your children and grandchildren. With this engaging new book, you can reinforce the true meaning of Christmas, Jesus, the Savior of the world. With magnificent illustrations across nearly 300 pages, your family will create a special tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book Christmas, The Rest of the Story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Please go online or give us a call right now to order your copy of Christmas, The Rest of the story. You're going to be so glad you got this book. And right now we're also offering you my series, which is called Chosen by God. It's a 15 part series just filled with encouragement for anybody who's really waking up to the fact that God's called them to do something. And if you don't know yet what God's called you to do, this series will help you be awakened to what it is that you were brought into the world to do. So please order yours and remember that it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you my book, by the same title called Chosen by God, the subtitle says, God has chosen you for a divine assignment. Will you dare to fulfill it? My friends, when you say yes to the call of God, Lord, I understand what I've been chosen for. It will literally make you leave a black and white world and enter a full color spectrum. You'll be so glad you said yes. God has really chosen you. The foreword is written by my friend Joyce Meyer, but I want you to get this today by going online or by giving us a call. And please remember that when you reach out to us, we're praying people. 
and we will really, really pray for you. We're very serious about praying for anybody that reaches out to us. And you can reach out to us by going online or by giving us a call. And we'll agree with Jeremiah 33, 3, which says, call unto me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things. When we know how to pray for you, we'll call out in faith. He will hear us, he will answer us, and he will show you great and mighty things. But hey, reach for your Bible. We're believing for a revival of the Bible in the church. And today we're going to return to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. But I'm going to begin by quoting 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, which says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? If you're born of God, this verse describes you. There's no question mark in this verse. It's a statement. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That means you have the power to overcome if you're born of God. And the verse could be rendered. Whatever is born of God overcomes, masters, and champions itself over absolutely everything in the world, including anything the devil tries to throw against you. And we saw in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, that the devil even tried to hinder the great apostle Paul. Listen to what he says. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. I'm so glad Paul wrote that because people tend to think that spiritual giants have no problems. But Paul says, even I, even me, once and again, I wanted to come unto you, but Satan hindered us. And the word Satan, the word Satanus, really describes one who hates, one who accuses, one who slanders, one who conspires against, which means the devil can get pretty tricky in some of the conspiracies he works up to come against us. And sometimes they hinder us. And the word hinder is the Greek word egg kopto. And as I've been telling you, this word egg kopto, here translated hindered in Greek, was the word used to describe the breaking up of a road to make it impassable. It could be translated, Satan created an impasse for us. This kind of impasse made it impossible for travelers to get where they needed to go. And as a result, the traveler's trip was hindered. That's why it's translated hindered, delayed, postponed, or even temporarily put off. The traveler could take another route to get to the same destination, but the alternative route was inconvenient, cost extra money, took extra time that could have been used another way. Wait, this word hindered, the Greek word ekopto was also the very word used to describe a runner who came alongside of another runner in the race and used his elbow to push that runner out of the race. And now Paul says, the devil's tried to create impasses for us. He's tried to break up the road so we can't get where we need to go. And he's come alongside of us and has done his best to elbow us out of the race. But the devil could never do it because Paul was bound and determined. He was going to do what he was chosen by God to do. And I want to remind you of James chapter 4, verse 7, which says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why should you stop just because the devil tries to get in your way? Resist the devil. He will flee from you. You can push him right out of the way and go on and do what you were chosen by God to do. But when we come to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 27, Paul is describing some of the amazing things he experienced, which were quite daunting. But he pushed through every one of them 
because he knew the greater one lived on the inside of him. And listen to what he says, beginning in verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? He's talking about people who say they're more spiritual and more anointed than him. Now he speaks in reference to them. He says, Ugh, are they ministers of Christ? What about me? I am more. And listen to what he says. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeyings often, we saw that in the last program, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. And today we're going to pick up where we stopped in the last program, where Paul said that he was in perils in the wilderness. The word perils, the Greek word kindunas, describes a very dangerous situation or a situation that is highly volatile. The word wilderness, the Greek word eremia, describes a remote, isolated location in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it was a remote spot that was out of the way, somewhere off the beaten track or an obscure site or an unfrequented location. And such places were often confronted when one traveled by foot. And we've seen that Paul did a lot of foot journeys. And they could often prove to be dangerous because there was little water and no sustenance. And there's another reason. Bandits and robbers lived in these places. And not only that, wild beasts lived in these places. And so for Paul to get where God was calling him, sometimes he had to go through very inconvenient places. He couldn't do a thing about it. It was just part of the journey. And friend, I want to tell you that sometimes if you're going to do what God has called you to do, you just have to do what is required to do it. Paul was willing to do anything because he knew he was chosen by God to go to certain places. And you have to have a willingness to say, Lord, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to accomplish this task. But then he goes on, and in verse 26, he says, in perils in the sea. The word perils, again, the Greek word kindunas, something extremely dangerous or highly volatile. And Paul says, in perils in the sea, extremely dangerous, highly volatile situations in the sea. Well, we already know that he says that he was shipwrecked three times. Then he added, that he spent a night and a day in the deep, the word deep, the word bathos, it describes the deepest parts of the sea. A night and a day describes a 24-hour period of time. So Paul spent 24 hours treading water in the deepest parts of the sea, probably connected to one of his three shipwrecks. And I want to ask you, if you had been on three plane crashes, would you be excited about getting on another plane? Probably not. You might even say, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. Paul had been on three separate shipwrecks. We only read about one of them in the book of Acts, but there were two more that we don't know anything about. 
But for him to get where he needed to go, he had to get on another boat. And rather than say, oh, I've got such a spirit of fear about ships in the sea, he just pushed it out of the way and said, hey, this is what I have to do to fulfill what I'm chosen by God to do. And he got on another boat and went where he needed to go. You have to make a decision to push a spirit of fear out of the way. And with the power of God, you can bulldoze it. You can bulldoze it. Then Paul says in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six, 26, in perils among false brethren. And the word perils, again, the Greek word kendunas, it describes an extremely dangerous or highly volatile situation. The words false brethren are two words compounded together. The word saudes describes something that is phony or something that is false. And the word adelphos, which is the word for our brother or for brethren. But when you compound the two words together, it forms the word false brethren, which in Greek depicts phony, fake, bogus, pretend brethren. Perhaps believers who are dishonest in their dealings or untruthful about their motivations. Though they claim to be brothers, there's something fraudulent about them or their activities. They may have given one impression, but in fact, they had an ulterior motivation. They were false because they pretended to be something to Paul that they were not. They wanted to get something from Paul, and particularly, they were after his apostolic territory. They might have even been saved, but they were false in their dealings with him. And therefore he calls them, are you ready for this? Phony, fake, bogus, pretend brethren. And this created quite a dilemma for the Apostle Paul. In fact, he uses the word perils, the Greek word kindunas, an extremely dangerous or highly volatile situation. And imagine, here he thought he was working with someone that was the real deal and then found out In fact, they had different intentions. They had ulterior motivations. They were trying to take advantage of him or even take his position. And Paul experienced this over and over and over in his ministry. And naturally speaking, it could have made him a little paranoid about making new relationships. But he was an apostle. You can't do apostolic ministry without relationships. And if he had been paralyzed by his interactions and disappointments with false brethren or brethren that disappointed him, it would have paralyzed him in his ministry. He had no choice but to get rid of that spirit of fear, grab hold of power, love, and a sound mind, make new relationships, and keep forging forward by faith. He had to learn to let the Holy Spirit give him discernment about who was authentic and who was bogus. You know, over the years, I've dealt with a lot of false brethren. They were really saved, but they were insincere. They had ulterior motives in their dealings with me. And especially when we first moved to the Soviet Union, there was a man that I really trusted. I really trusted him, but his motivation was false. His dealings with me were false. What he did to me was absolutely unthinkable. And for about a week, it paralyzed me. But I was laying in bed, trying to recover from the trauma of what I realized this man had done to me. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, are you going to lay there forever or are you going to get up and do what I've called you to do? And eventually you have to make a decision. I'm going to get over this. I'm going to make new relationships. I'll be wiser in the relationships that I make. And you press forward by faith. You've got to keep moving if you're going to do what you're chosen by God to do. And I tell that amazing story in our autobiography, which is called Unlikely. If you don't have this autobiography, 
you should order it. It will really encourage you that you can do anything God calls you to do. But Paul learned to rely on the Holy Spirit to give him discernment. He refused to let false brethren become a stumbling block or to stop him. And he kept moving forward with real brethren. But then he says in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 27, in weariness, weariness. The word weariness is the Greek word kopas. It is the same word which is used in verse 23, where he says, I labored more than anybody else. That word labor and this word weariness is the same Greek word, the word kopas. And it describes the hardest kind of work. Again, the same word used in verse 23 when Paul said he experienced labors more abundant. And by repeating this word two times in this list, Paul lets us know he was an extremely hard worker, which means Paul did not come to work from eight to five. He didn't punch the time card. His life was devoted to fulfilling his call. And whatever was required, that's what he was going to do because he knew he needed to do what he was chosen by God to do in my own life. Sometimes I've had to work hard. I've had to work long. Complaining about it doesn't change it. You just got to do what you have to do, push through. God eventually will give you time to rest. But Paul did not let hard work stop him. In fact, he went on to clarify in verse 27, in painfulness. The word painfulness, the Greek word mokthos, describes a struggle. Listen to this. It depicts a person exhausted from physical labor and is used here to depict the effort, toil, or physical exertion he put forth to fulfill God's calling on his life. Any business owner can tell you, anybody in the ministry, anybody that's ever done anything can tell you that there's a moment when for you to get the job done, you just have to do what you have to do. It doesn't matter how you feel. It's just the requirement for the moment. And like it or not, at this particular moment, Paul says, I haven't had time to rest. It's time for me to toil. It's time for me to work. And this word makthos carries such an idea of toil that the King James Version translated as painfulness painfulness. But Paul's not complaining in this verse. In fact, he's rejoicing that God's power enabled him to push beyond the normal human capacity that others experience. And because he grabbed hold of the power of God and was determined he was going to do whatever he had to do, he was able to work even to the point of toil and was energized by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he says in verse 27, in watchings often. That word watchings is very, very important because it is the word which describes sleeplessness, but particularly it was a reference to long nights that Paul laid awake to defend himself and his team against the bandits and robbers who waited to attack them in roadside ditches and caves. Paul was a team member. And on that team, everyone took turns staying up at night to make sure they weren't attacked by highwaymen or by robbers. And Paul says he did this often. He was a real team player. Didn't say that Paul enjoyed it. Didn't say that Paul wanted to do it. But Paul had to do many things that seemed unspiritual and unconnected to ministry, but they had to be done for him to do his ministry. And often these things he had to do, just like you and me, seemed boring, monotonous, time-consuming, uncomfortable, but without them, the ministry could have never been done. And my friends, sometimes you just got to do what you have to do 
to fulfill God's call on your life. But then in verse 27, he says, in hunger and thirst. The word hunger is a Greek word, which means being hungry from a lack of food. The word thirst means being thirsty from a lack of drink. And here we find that because they were traveling, traveling long journeys, sometimes they didn't have enough food to make it all the way to the next place. And sometimes Paul says we were hungry because we didn't have any more food to eat. We ran out of food. Sometimes we were thirsty because we ran out of something to drink, but it didn't stop him because he was committed to get where God was calling him to go. Then he says in verse 27, in fastings often. That word fastings means skipping or foregoing meals voluntarily, probably because there was no time to eat. Food was not on his mind. It was not a priority. His priority was to fulfill his task. If he has time to eat, that's great. And certainly Paul was not against food and would encourage us to take care of our temples. But if he didn't have time to eat, he just didn't have time to eat. He was willing to voluntarily skip meals if needed to do what God called him to do. And finally, in verse 27, Paul says in cold and in nakedness. The word cold probably refers to the times that he was in prison where it was damp and dank, perhaps to when he was treading water in the sea. The word nakedness, one scholar says, may refer to times when his team was actually attacked by bandits who took their belongings, including their clothes. Wow. But regardless of what happened, he never stopped. And I want you to know that everyone runs into obstacles along the way, but you are the only one that can make you quit. And if you decide to keep moving, God's power will energize you. Now listen to this. I guarantee you, that if you freeze every time the devil throws a roadblock in your path, you'll spend most of your life frozen. I'm going to say that again. I guarantee that if you freeze every time the devil throws a roadblock in your path, you'll spend most of your life frozen. But rather than be frozen by those attacks, you need to say 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world and declare you're going to overcome any attack or any impasse the enemy has tried to bring against you. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Rick Renner's new series, Chosen by God, is jam-packed with strength and encouragement to help you wake up to the fact that you are chosen by God and not just for salvation. God has a specific, marvelous, and powerful plan for your life right now. There is nothing more thrilling than to know you are chosen by God and exactly what He brought you into the world to do. In this powerful 15-part series, Rick will prove to you that God has a specific plan designed just for you. While you are experiencing so many hassles along the way, you can overcome any roadblock the devil tries to use to stop you. You have everything you need inside you to bulldoze the powers of hell out of your way. That you are exactly the kind of person God wants to choose and use. This 15-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24. We're also offering you Rick's 304-page book, Chosen by God, with a foreword by Joyce Meyer. Joyce says, in Chosen by God, Rick clearly establishes that many are called, but few are chosen. But why is this the case? What are the necessary requirements for not only being called, but chosen as well? What is the cost of fulfilling God's call upon your life? Rick gives us all the requirements necessary to say yes and to fulfill our God-given destinies. This dynamic book is just $18. Are you ready for a life adventure? Order the 15-part series, Chosen 
Chosen by God and the life-changing book Chosen by God. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner and my friends right now, we're in the very middle of our ministry expansion project. It's three phases. Phase one was building the new studio in Moscow. You helped us do that. Thank you. Phase two was finishing the interior of the studio. You helped us do that. Thank you. Now we're in phase three, which is retiring the debt on the ministry headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our ministry has never had debt. The reason we've been able to do what we've done is because we've never had to service debt. When we built our building in Riga, we did it cash. When we built the building in Moscow, it is amazing that we were able to do it with cash. And now we want to retire the debt on the Tulsa headquarters building so we can liberate all that money to really take the teaching of the Bible around the world. You know, it's never about buildings. It's about having an anchor where the Word of God can go forth. And in that Tulsa facility, we're taking calls from people who are literally calling us from all over the world. And from that facility, we're producing TV programs, social media, we're fulfilling orders for books and giving away thousands and thousands of different resources to people who are reaching out to us because they believe that we provide teaching they can trust. And it's very important that we retire that debt as quick as possible because it will liberate funds for the preaching of the word to the ends of the earth. And that is what we're called to do. And today I want to ask you to please continue to be a part of our giving team so we can retire the debt on the Tulsa building and then we'll be finished with the ministry expansion project. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for becoming a part of the giving team. While we have covered so much material this week and next week, you're going to find out you're exactly the kind of person God wants to choose. You may have eliminated yourself for a number of reasons, but what you think eliminates might just make you a first pick in the mind of God. Don't miss next week. But remember that today we're offering you my series called Chosen by God. It's 15 parts. And it comes with a wonderful study guide so you can read everything while you're seeing it or while you are hearing it. And we're offering you right now my book by the same title. Please, please, please order this book. This is one of my favorite books I've written. It feeds me. I know it's going to feed you. It's called Chosen by God. God has chosen you for a divine assignment. Will you dare to fulfill it? And the foreword is written by my precious friend, Joyce Meyer. Order yours today. And please, when you reach out to us by email or by going online or by calling us, let us know how to pray for you. We really want to pray for you. And if you're not a partner already, please consider becoming a partner with our ministry. A partner is any person who from where they are sends offerings to our ministry to help us take this teaching to people all over the world. Right from where you are, you really can change somebody else's life by becoming a partner. And the moment you do, we're going to send you two books as our way of saying welcome to the family. We're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. But let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, Lord, I ask that you give my friend a wonderful weekend. 
And Father, I thank you that you've given us everything we need on the inside of us to overcome any attack or any impasse. And my friends, I speak the victory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there really is power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. 